I want to deliver a message to you that has been um, amazingly liberating for me. Uh, and I, uh, Reverend Mike Smith uh, from Lifesong Church over in Snover, who was with us last Sunday, and by the way, wasn't that an amazing day for us? Hallelujah. Uh, we were talking about uh, how ministers sometimes know six months, a year in advance what they're going to preach from week to week, and him and I just looked at each other and went, how, how do they do that? Because for me, and he agreed for him, sometimes he's finishing up on Saturday night based on what took place that week to come t to this place and give you the overflow of what we feel that God is doing in our lives. So I think my point there is you, you need to understand that I didn't go through my file system and go, geez, I haven't preached that one in a long time. I think I'll do that. God is, I'm constantly chasing after God. You know what? You know that you need to chase after God to the same degree. If I have to chase after God for the anointing and the favor and the blessings in my life, you have to chase after God too. It's not just for me to come and serve it to you. But what I am going to serve to you today is what God is doing in my life as he's helping me. Uh, mending me, um, not fixing me, because it isn't, he doesn't fix us, he makes us, right? Uh, we're going to take a journey even as a church to reckon, we're not here to fix people. This church isn't here to fix people. It's to help people. To do what? Live the life they're born to live. Sometimes we wonder, what does that look like? I mean, and, and some of us can look back on our life and go, Really? We should just blot out all that because that was a, nothing but a mess, and I don't want to be there today. The title of my message today is New Creation, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Sometimes that's a hard verse to actually, actually reconcile because even though we, we, we see it and we read it and we know it to be true, we look at our own lives and go, yeah, not, not everything has passed away. I mean, they're, I'm, they're still dealing with some of the old things. I feel new, but the old things keep rising up. Can I get a witness from anybody? Or, yeah, and so it's like, okay, where's the realization of that passage. I, okay, okay, okay. I understand that in the Spirit we are regenerated and we're made perfect before God, and that is a brand new thing in our life, but something somehow has to transcend from the Spirit to the, to the body, to the mind, where we can have a sense of newness. All right? I've taken this journey as a Christian for many decades now and been pastoring for uh, two decades and still find myself at 65 years old dealing with childhood stuff, even though I've been made new, even though I'm a new creation. That's why I say sometimes that's hard to totally reconcile, you know? I think it was, I don't know that I did it this year, but I remember when I was 64 and I was dealing with some father issues, and I said to Diane, this is just stupid. And she said, what? It's stupid that after 64 years, I still have to cry over the abandonment of my dad. Yeah, 64. You know what I mean? And it, that kind of startled me. Wait a minute. I'm a new creation. Why is that still going on? I've been made brand new. Why is that still going on? 
All that old stuff is passed away. In fact, he starts it off by saying, Behold, all things have passed away. Then, then why are they still hanging out? Can I get a witness from anybody? <laughs> you know, have you ever said or heard the phrase, can't we just go back to the way things were before? Anybody ever said that? Yeah, some, somebody said all the time. You know, it's kind of implying that somehow we can blot out the trauma that caused us to say the statement in the first place. It's as if somehow we can completely bypass the betrayal, the abandonment, the heartbreak. It's like somehow we can completely bypass the hurt and the brokenness as though none of it ever happened. But it did. And some of us still experience the brokenness of what took place decades ago, even though we're a new creation and old things have passed away. Something's not fitting here. On your handout, it's number one. You know, it's a false pretense. It's a lie to one's own soul to hide the wounds of the past. Trauma can be repressed, but in this earth suit, it can never be erased. Okay? Now, you need to bear with me as I go through this message with you, because I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or manner that God has not made me a new man, because I can guarantee you, he is still making me a new man. And he will be making me a new man until the day this earth suit expires and I go to heaven. All right? I didn't become a new man in this earth suit and in this mind frame when I got up from the altar of salvation. I got up a new creation spiritually, but I still had the old stinking thinking, and somehow much of it is still hanging out. What am I to do with it? Just constantly keep falling on my face in repentance to God? constantly keep falling on my face in, in sorrow for who I am. I'm speaking for all of us. Quit looking at me like, okay, well. So it's a lie. I think it's a lie to one's own soul to hide the wounds of the past. You, 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 we can't hide them, and we can tuck them away in some dark recess of our mind, but they will constantly kind of float to the surface and come around to bother us again at another time. Going to get a witness. So the trauma can be repressed, it can be suppressed, but in this earth suit, it cannot be erased. As much as I would love to forget every wound of abandonment, betrayal, and abuse that I suffered at the hands of my father and my mother, I would love to forget all that. I wish somehow God made us like a hard drive that can be erased or replaced with a brand new hard drive where none of that other data or files are even there. They can never be drawn up again. But we live a life that is constantly fragmented by stuff from the past, and yet I'm redeemed. Yeah, absolutely. Fragmented and haunted by ghosts of the past, and, and, and yet I'm made in the image of Christ himself and of God. I know that, but, but how does all this work. What I want to submit to you today is that instead of trying to hide your wounds by suppressing them in some dark corridor of, of your soul, 
maybe we might consider embracing them. Now, I know that kind of goes against the grain of some of our Christian theological thinking. Uh, Maybe we should start embracing them as a part of our life journey, a part of that life journey that has formed us and has patterned us into who we are today in Christ. See, God didn't, when he saved my soul, he didn't change my mind and my thinking and my subconscious. I can still remember all the junk. So maybe, and I'm, bear with me, walk with me through this. Instead of hiding it away in some dark corner of our soul so that it can just spill over at times of trauma, why don't we take a look at the things that happened to us in our past as a part of the life journey that created us into the vessel that God is using today? And may it possibly be that we are of greater use today because of the brokenness of the past? That's what I'm talking about in terms of embracing the wounds. Now, I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or manner that you embrace the brokenness without Christ. That would not be good. Number two on your paper is that embracing your woundedness without Christ will only cause you to spiral into an abyss of depression and self-loathing. All of us have been there because we try to deal with our past. We try to ah, grit our teeth and just work through it, and the next thing we know, we've spiraled into a dark, dark place. So uh, again, I'm not suggesting to embrace your wounds without Christ. You embrace your wounds in Christ. There's a wonderful scripture in the Bible that says that uh, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Maybe we've been looking at that passage a little bit from the side view instead of the front view. Because part of my weakness as a human being is the brokenness of my past. And I, for years, have tried to tuck that away in some dark place, and I've gotten counseling for it. Nothing wrong with counseling. Don't, don't take me wrong there. But even the counseling didn't help me embrace it. It helped me deal with it. I'm not supposed to deal with it. And may it possibly be that in his dealing with it, he actually uses it for his glory? Is that possible that God could use my brokenness for his glory? Unless, of course, I've tucked it away in some file system that can never be touched. Christ gives us an example of this himself in the fact that even after his death, even after his glorified resurrection, he still had scars in his hands. He still had the wounds in his, from the nail scars in his feet. He still had the scar and the gaping opening in his side from the spear. You would think that all of those would be gone, but they were still there, I would dare say, although it's not recorded, that's why I say I dare say, it's possible there was wounds on his forehead from the crown of thorns, and, and I expect that there were still wounds and scars on his back from the scourging he took whereby we are healed. They were all there. <coughs> 
turn with me to John chapter 20, I want you to understand that Jesus embraced his wounds for our good, for his glory, and even to validate his authority and his power and his personage. Man, oh man, oh man. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, and we all have heard of doubting Thomas, right? Okay. But Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came in. So the other disciples were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the imprint, in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut and stood there in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he turned to Thomas and he said, Reach here with your finger and see my hands. And reach here with your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. We don't have a record of him putting his finger in the hole or putting his hand into the wound. All he had to do was see the wounds of Jesus' past to find his deliverance of glorifying God. Could it be the wounds of your past God could use for his glory to such a great degree that others would fall on their knees and say, "My, my Lord and my God. But we hide our stuff. Quite frankly, hiding our stuff is a waste of effort and a waste of emotions. Christ in this setting, he embraced his wounds, and he invited Thomas to also embrace the wounds as well. And it's, it's, it has been said that the only man-made things that are in heaven will be the wounds in Jesus' body. Now, in our text from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we find that we become a new creation, that, that old things have passed away, everything has become new. And for a few minutes, I would like to invite you into considering this verse in light of a 400-year-old form of art from the Japanese uh, culture called kintsugi. Kintsugi. Kintsugi is a a Japanese word that means, kint means uh, gold or golden, and sugi means repair, golden Repair, Kintsugi. Uh, according to art historians, Kintsugi came about uh, in when a, uh, a shogun from, well, he was a military commander, just short of being an emperor. Uh, his name was uh, Ashikaga Yoshimasa. And uh, he broke, or his favorite tea bowl got broken. And it's not cool when the cupbearer breaks the emperor's favorite teacup, right? And it was his favorite. And, and in, in the Japanese culture, uh, uh, which is one of, of serenity and, and thoughtfulness 
even how tea is poured and in the process of having tea and even the artifacts by which they are being used to serve the tea. It's all has, it's not like us, we just go grab a cup because it says best dad in the world. So uh, he, he wasn't happy about this occurrence, and so he had them send his cup back to China where it had been created, and it came back to him uh, put together in a very crude fashion with metal staples. And uh, he, he was not happy with that. And, and actually, like I said, as the legend goes, that his cupbearer uh, broke the cup. Now, this is a part of the, of the story, the history lesson that actually turns into folklore because it's, it's, it's believed in legend that the emperor's artisan came forward because the, the shogun was ready to execute the cupbearer because he was done now, and that the artisan uh, came forward and said, let me have an opportunity to repair the cup, and if you don't like how it's turned out, you take my life. I will stand in place of his. Wow. Y'all can get the picture there spiritually, can't you? Well, the craftsman, the artisan, he came up with a process by which he would take the pieces of the cup that were broken, not necessarily into uh, shards and fragments, but broken into manageable pieces. And one piece at a time, he would lacquer those joints together. And the lacquer was mixed with um, liquid gold. And when he would mix that together, uh, he would then, after it had cured, he would rub the surface of it with gold dust. And what took place was not only was the, the crack, the fracture of the break mended, but even fissures in the artifact that couldn't be seen by the eye were now filled with this liquid gold. And it's a... Uh, uh, it's a Japanese art form called kintsugi. Well, what it did was the repair made the bowl more unique than it was to begin with. And it was now really uh, Yoshimasa's favorite cup. It was treasured. It was priceless. It was, he didn't want anybody else handling <coughs> that cup because it had been made brand new. But the brokenness was still there. The artisan's process repair had transformed the item into something new. Those who are in Christ are a new creation. And it made it more beautiful than it was before. It made it more treasured than it was before. It was actually now one of a kind rarer than any other teacup in the kingdom because of its brokenness, its fracture. They didn't hide the brokenness. They didn't hide the fracture. They did a golden repair on the fracture. So its history now of brokenness became a part of its storyline. Are you all with me? Everything that was true about the tea bowl before the brokenness was erased because now everything was brand new about the tea bowl because of its brokenness. I don't know if this is ministering to y'all like it has ministered to me and even as it is this morning. What we tend to do is hide our brokenness. We tend to tuck it away. We're embarrassed. 
to have anyone know about our missteps. We're ashamed to have anyone know about our failures. And quite frankly, as I said earlier, it's a waste of emotion to be embarrassed about the mistakes of our lives because guess what? The person right next to you has made missteps and mistakes and blunders and failures as well. Every one of us. Every one of us. You're not here alone in your mess. You're not here alone in your brokenness. We've all been there. We've all been there. Living in the past is a horrible waste, absolutely. But no experience of the past needs to be wasted. Hear me, beloved, and this is number three. Actually, mistakes can be the most important and effective experiences of all in our life. Imperfections are gifts to be worked with, not shames to be hidden. And I don't know that in our Christianity we've ever looked at our past like that. Our mistakes, our failures, our embarrassments, the things we've been ashamed of. The process... The process of kintsugi makes the most of what is already there. <laughs> Woo! I came to God in my brokenness. And because of amazing grace, he took what was already there. And he began to fill the fractures of my life with the purest possible gold and lacquer and rub me down with the gold dust of the Holy Spirit. And made me into something more valuable than I ever was before. But I can't have this artisan's process as long as I'm hiding it all away. If we allow God to create us brand new, we will find that our story, though traumatic, though embarrassing, is actually more precious and valuable than before. Number four on your handout, when I quit hiding my brokenness or, and I've done this, hiding behind my brokenness, God then can begin the artwork of a master craftsman, making me into something more treasured, making me into something more valuable, and get this, friends, even making me into something more useful than I ever was before. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 in the New Living Translation says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He has planned for us long ago. He still had plans for us to do good things even when we were suffering abuse as children, even when we were being betrayed by a loved one. Whatever the abandonment may have been, when we bring it to Christ, he will use it as a part of our storyline to make us more beautiful, more precious, more valuable, more useful for his glory because he's always had a plan for us to do certain things. But what I am doing today at 65, I I wasn't ready to do at 55 because the craftsman still had his hand on me, putting the gold in there. And friends, what I am today at 65 won't compare to who I'll be at 75 because he's still rubbing me down with gold dust to make me better. And you too, if you will begin to embrace your brokenness. Whew. 
There's an important part of the re recreation, though, that uh, we should all be aware of, and that it's going to take time. The artisan would take the broken artifact and put one piece in, deliberating certainly over time on which piece fit where perfectly, and then the process of making the lacquer mixed with the pure, by the way, pure gold, took time, and then that one piece was put in, and not another piece was put in until that piece had cured. I get this as a craftsman of wood. Sometimes it's easy to lose patience on working with the wood. I just glued up some boards for, uh, for Diane, making some floating shelves for Diane, and I glued up these boards, and I realized, okay, uh, uh, glue sets in about an hour, which means you can handle the piece. Can't get too rough with it because it's only set. It hasn't cured. It takes 24 hours to cure. So I can be in a hurry and wait the hour and then run these pieces through the planer. And more than likely, one of two things would have happened. One for sure, glue would have been gummed up in my planer. And the piece probably might have broke. But I made a choice to wait 24 hours to even handle the pieces. It takes patience. It takes time. It may even take your whole life. I believe with all of my heart, and I've come to the realization that I don't need to grieve the fact that I don't feel fixed, that I don't feel completely whole, because he'll be working on that until I take my dying breath, as long as I let him. As long as I let him, as long as you let him. The craftsman's progress is slow. Everything with God is slow. It, there's very few suddenlies with God. It's a journey with God. Number five on your paper, the journey of becoming a work of art is a slow one. A famous artist, uh, his name is Mikado Fujimiri, and he said, there is no art if we are unwilling for the paint to dry. So I'm asking you to look at this scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.17 about being a new creation from the eyes of Kintsugi. Kintsugi, excuse me. The same is true in the spiritual life as well. God, the creator of all things, has spoken all things into existence. And he could have done that in a fraction of a second. In fact, God is so omnipotent that all he had to do was even think it. Poof! There it is. Boom! Instant creation. But even God, the grandest craftsman and artisan of all times, didn't do it that way. It's in Genesis chapter 1. You can look at it later and verses and chapter 2. It's as if God was painting creation. Let's think about this in, in, the, in terms of Mako's statement, there is no art if the artist is unwilling for the paint to dry. It's as if God was creating all that there is in a masterpiece painting every day 
waiting for the paint to dry before he put another layer of paint. Because we know that in day one, he, he created such and such, and, and he looked at it and went, it is good. And he, and he didn't want do anything right then. He waited till the next day, and he added to it until the next day, and added to it until the next day. And he could have simply thought it, and it would all have been in place. He gave us the example of even the creator of the universe taking time to create his master creation, earth and mankind. It's the same for us. Number six, each day, in every season of life, God is recreating us. I want you to get this. Those of you who've waffled and teetered in your Christianity because why hasn't God changed this in me? He's doing it every day. It must be there's a part of the paint in your life ain't dry yet. Each day and every season of life, God is creating us. He's making us. He's renewing us. He's taking the broken fabrics, fragments of our life, and uh, he's remembering them into one piece, and he's doing it one piece at a time. I still know there are broken fragments of my life. We, a bunch of us went to watch the movie Courageous last night. And I, as far as I know, I'm the only one that brought a crying towel. And I, and I thank uh, Deb Schaefer who put it all together. Thank you for making me deal with my father's issues one more time. There's still broken pieces. And I'm coming to the realization that's all right. As long as I put myself on the potter's wheel and let the master pottery maker create me into what he wants me to be, when, when the piece is ready for the next piece, God will put that piece in. I hope you all are getting this. He's remembering us one piece at a time, remaking us, recreating us into something new, something rare something priceless, something treasured. And here it is, something even more storied and beautiful than the original us. It's the story of my life that God wants to use for his glory in this time. I wasn't ready at 20. I wasn't ready at 30. I wasn't ready at 40. There were pieces being put together but for many, many years, I hid them all in a dark place. I wouldn't let, no, 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 there were so many things in my life that never even came across, air uh, forced across my vocal cords to create the words of things that I had done or had been done to me. And all those were broken fragments. But God says, Rick, when you're ready, I'm ready. When you're ready, son, I'll put the next piece in. I know which piece needs to go. And I'll interlace it with gold and gold dust. And when I'm finished with you, all the woundedness and scars, scar lines and brokenness and fissures will still be there. But you'll be more beautiful now than you ever could have thought of being before. Are you all getting this? Wow. So it's the heavenly grand kintsugi at the hands of the master artisan. As my wife always says, all of us here in various stages of disrepair. I want to add to that today. Yes, 
All of us are here in various stages of disrepair and brokenness. But I want to add to it as well that, yes, all of us are here in various stages of repair and recreation. Let's let ourselves be put back together by God. He's the only one that can do it right. The art of kintsugi is all about taking broken objects and turning them into something more beautiful than they were before, than even the original piece. The fractures of the objects do not represent the end of the artifact's life, but they represent essential moments in the history of the artifact. Are y'all hearing me? The brokenness of my life did not end my life, although Satan wanted to do that, but it was the brokenness of my life that were essential moments in the history of who Rick Lopez is standing before you even today. And it's the same for you. The flaws aren't hidden from sight in the kintsugi bowl or cup. They're not hidden. They're highlighted. The flaws are highlighted in gold because they're a part of the storyline of that precious, priceless vessel. They're emblazoned with golden significance for everyone to see and for everyone to appreciate. I don't think it's in the storyline, but I'm going to bet that the shogun, Mushi Yasama, Samasa, whatever his name, I can't remember it without looking at it, probably never let anybody else touch his favorite tea bowl. Because now it was priceless. There wasn't another one like it on planet Earth, and there's not another one like you on planet Earth. With your storyline, as storied as you are, as fractured as you have been, and as you still are, if you'll allow God to mend the pieces, he will take you. Therefore, those who are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And now, finally, I understand that passage of Scripture in relationship to my life and who I am. Still being mended. Still fighting the past. The amazing art of Kintsugi, number seven, symbolizes this truth, and this is a truth that becomes more difficult, and that is repair requires transformation. I have to allow myself to be put on the potter's wheel. It's been said in Japanese thinking that the pristine is less beautiful than the broken. And that the true shape of us is unseen until we are fractured. Let me say that again. The pristine is less beautiful than the broken. And that the true shape of us is impossible to see until it is fractured. I can appreciate who I am as Rick Lopez... I'm not speaking highly of Rick Lopez, but I've had a lot of self-loathing in my lifetime. A lot of deep, dark depression in my lifetime. Because I had a hard time with the juxtaposition of I'm a new creation, but yet I don't feel like it. Am I talking to anybody today? (laughs) Or am I just up here laying all my laundry out? 
Number eight, the repair makes us into something more precious, treasured, and beautiful than we could ever imagine. I could never imagine that the traumatic story of my life could be a golden story today. Embrace the wounds with Christ and in Christ, and he'll make you a new creation, better than you ever were before. In fact, although the wounds are now visible in gold, highlighted and emblazoned, they now have actually created you into who you are today for God's use. And I know that as I grow older, he has a different and a greater use for me, and I'll guarantee you that that next step of usage that he has for me is probably because he just put another piece in. I finally released something. All right, you can have that piece now, Lord. Praise team is available. Come on forward, please. Excuse me. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are my father, we are the clay, and you are the potter, and we are all the work of your hands. Oh, I pray that you see all this and look at all of these passages through the lens of a 400-year-old Japanese art form called Kintsugi. In the God's Word translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, says, Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared, and a new way of living has come into existence. And it's a journey that takes a lifetime. I, for one, will never again, and I pray that you will never again doubt God because you ain't yet repaired. Maybe you can begin to celebrate in the repair that you've received and recognize that God is using the storyline of your brokenness to create even a greater story for his glory. It was not fair and it was not right for me to have faced the things that I had to face as a young child. And I know the same is for you. It was not God's will, it was not God's plan that I had to be in the hands of evil people, nor was it for you. But it's time to quit hiding behind those things or hiding those things. And just give yourself to God, a broken vessel, and let his amazing grace fill you with pure gold and then rub you down with spiritual gold dust so that you are a fine piece of art, precious and valuable. I'm going to ask you to just dim the house lights just a little bit because I want us to reflect. The team is going to sing a song called Broken Vessel, Amazing Grace.
And I want you to just respond to however God wants you to respond. Come to the altar if you want. Sit and reflect on the piece of art that you are. Not even having an image of what you will become as a greater piece of art in the days to come. So may this be an opportunity for each of us in personal reflection to say, Lord, you are the potter. I am the clay. Take your hands and mold me and make me into whatever you have destined for me to be. And Lord, I won't hide from my past anymore, and I won't rejoice in my past, but I will embrace it as a part of the story of what you've created me to be for your use today. And had it not been for that journey, I wouldn't be fit for the journey today. Hmm. May God bless you as you reflect and think about it.